Hi, welcome to a Broken English Films podcast. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. And if not, did you pay for it? No, so don't complain. Testing, testing, microphone, check, microphone. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a recording booth right now. Hi, uh, this is uh, this is uh, Broken English Records. We're about to drop the latest album here in the uh, busy coffee shop in the middle of uh, Kitsilano, Vancouver. And I mean, to be perfectly honest, it's not Broken English Records. I mean, the logo indicates differently, and maybe we'll come up with some music at some point. Well, it's credit with a new logo. Anyway, scratch out the film part and just put the records. <laughs> it's kind of part of the logo, but nevertheless. So what we were going on about here was the evolution of, well, digital and physical media. It is a nostalgia. And how um, I really do feel sorry, and I, I do want children, but I do feel sorry for what they're going to end up experiencing this way. I'm, th I'm thinking probably at this time they're going to be like, when they, when, if, you got, if you have children at that point, they'll probably be having like VR movie experiences and those kinds of things because earlier we were talking about what we were talking about like mp3s right yeah talking about mp3s <laughs> real audio geocities so i look at these a lot of these kids these days and i think they they have no idea where guys like us came from like i don't know and i don't know the kind of demographics that are going to be listening to this right but if you're in, if you're anybody who's like probably 30 over 30 years old you're gonna probably know what we're talking about when it comes to like VHS uh, audio tapes growing up in that time when that was that was a primary thing that you were experiencing movies and music from yeah I mean look if you haven't had to rewind a tape with a pencil <laughs> or pen um, or have it like derail in the middle of your uh, stereo and then you have to s spend hours and hours taking out the tape from the recorder with a pencil or something very disappointing because yeah. now basically all you need to do is click ruining your best friend's tape <laughs> oh yeah and then having to work out how you explain it to them or you're taping a radio show and then all of a sudden you're like yeah I'm just gonna leave this recording you go to sleep and realize you only had five minutes left on the tape <laughs> or like is that even the how we take, for example, the simple act of having to go to the next track. How easy it is now. But if you were, like I said, if you grew up in our time, you know the hustle that you had to press the fast forward button just to find that next track or find the track that you actually want to do. So you got to go from, if you wanted to go from track one to nine, you probably have to spend nine minutes getting there. <laughs> I mean, the same thing applies to when you're watching anything. In order, for example, if you wanted to show someone a scene or you wanted to highlight anything on a particular film, you'd have to forward and then change the fast forward speed and then rewind it a bit. No, no, it's not at this point. So, what was it? So, it's like, so imagine, okay, so imagine us. I don't know like, what it, was, it felt like for you, but imagine when like something like MP3s come out, right? And then all of that goes away, like literally overnight. Like no more having to, or even just a CD. No, no CDs were around. CDs came about CDs in were the mid-90s. Yeah, CDs were around at that point, but 
before that, before they became the early nineties, early nineties. They were early, I guess so. But they yeah, just, like ninety two, ninety three, something like that. I think they, but they blew up. I remember in the mid, mid, mid nineties, right? It was just before that everything was you. You had the tape, what is it? The cassette tape, and you know, pretty much life was slow at that point. And you had the VHS tape at that point too. You just, you know, you play something. And if you wanted to get in, if, like I said, finding something specific that you wanted from it, if you wanted to just skip to a certain part of the song or go to a certain track, it just wasn't as magical as it was this in these days where you just go, okay, I'm going to go here, and it goes, takes you there, right? It takes you instantly. So I, I don't remember when CDs, I don't remember when the CDs finally took off, but I remember that was like a breath of fresh air. Do you remember the first one you bought? I never bought CDs. I always just mooshed off my sisters and brothers. I don't have. I didn't have a job. I didn't have money. Who am I going? I bought um, Informer by Snow the album. That was my first one. Actually, I do remember my first CD that I bought. And my dad got me a Vivaldi one at the same time. It was great. Actually, Vivaldi yeah. on CD. Yeah. You can get. All yeah, the yeah. I guess you get. <laughs> Vivaldi, was it the Four Seasons? I don't know which one it was, I don't remember, but I do remember it being... It was good. Yeah. And then what we were talking about, real, real audio. Now, if you were, that was a bootlegger's dream when that came out. Hours and hours watching episodes of anime. <laughs> and other obscure shit. <laughs> and I was putting hip-hop songs illegally into uh, certain forms. 30 megabyte, 30 megabyte episodes and 50 megabyte movies or something like that. Yeah, it was fantastic. Streaming off of some weird old, some weird website that you found or some IRC Oh, channel. IRC, yeah. does that still exist? I think that she still exists. I think, no, I'm pretty sure it's still out there. I think that's what they call the dark web. Oh, that's not the dark web. I think that's what people colloquially know as the dark web. Wow. Yeah. I had to find that out recently too. That uh, that was to? the dark web. Why would you have to? Oh, I heard it somewhere. Yeah, I mean, for those... No, I wasn't buying heroin there. But I mean, you also have to worry as well, committing this to audio, saying you're out on the dark web. I mean, we could talk about real audio with fairly limited consequences. But further than that? Further than what? Than the real audio? Yeah, you got to be careful. It's a recording. Don't say anything the feds can nab you on. Oh, the, don't worry. They got, every, they got everything I got. I got a Huawei phone, so the Chinese government knows what I'm up to, too. This is what we're recording. And I mean, by saying those two words. <laughs> I'm going to leave now. <laughs> It's all good. They, we have a mutual agreement when it comes to these things. That talking points that I can and cannot say. This one is kosher. It's okay. Yeah, but it, it, in terms of in terms of film related stuff, right? It, yeah, I mean, like I think I think all of us have gone through this period where we some, or maybe some of us still do, where we watch kind of download films, right? I try to stay away from those these yeah, days. Yeah, these days it doesn't really feel like much of a point because Netflix and Amazon Prime and the abundance. Yeah. And I just, for me, it's just like a, if a movie's out, I just prefer to go see it in the theaters, right? Same here. And just have that experience. But if you were like young and cheap like we were at a certain point. I mean young and broke. Broke and, yeah. Sorry. Young, <laughs> young and broke. 
basically you just you there was a lot of bootlegging going on, right? Trading trading movies and stuff on CDs and all of that kind all of that stuff. And then when the high speed internet came out, that changed everything. That was another game changer. But basically Anybody who's just growing up in this era has no idea where things came, how how things have evolved, even how things evolved quickly. Yeah, we'll see what ends up happening. I mean, I mentioned the Netflix variable play, variable playback speed stuff that they've been pondering. Um, I don't know. I don't see. See, there's kind of been a resurgence towards the collector idea with vinyl, for example, uh, now being the, the big seller. You don't really have people buying CDs, people buy vinyl. People buy vinyl for two reasons. One, it's often argued that the high fidelity sound of the record is superior to recording. I get, yeah. But also the artwork. Like, there is an added collector's dimension. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. But that being said, do you see that happening with VHS tapes? VHS tapes not necessarily because it wasn't ever superior quality. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. With the audio, you have vinyl coming out with a particular sound and a crispness, and they argue about a warmth. With Does the, it degrade? Pardon? Does vinyl degrade? It can do. I believe uh, it's meant to be kept under certain. Um, sorry, kept in certain temperatures. But, but, but I'm not certain of that. But probably, I would imagine it doesn't degrade like VHS tapes do. No, I don't think, or so, cassette I think tapes. the cassette tapes, the film was quite thin. Yeah. And so it was easy. And it was made out of a cap, was a celluloid. Cell? Yeah. Celluloid, so. right? So there was like a there was like a chemical and it was like it was just very flimsy. It was just very flimsy stuff. It wasn't designed to last an eternity. Right, and you'd find when you watch a VHS tape too much. <laughs> You'd yeah. wear it. Yeah. And you'd wear certain areas or Yeah. I mean if you ever watch the VHF tape, you kinda of, you see you start seeing what was, what are the what are the distortion? That so you see like the static lines and Yeah, stuff. I mean I'm not sure of what it's referred to as, but I know what you mean. Yeah, I don't know what that's called, but I remember that. Like I I, I remember watching VHS tapes over and over again and then always just you just have to live with all that noise and static light I don't know what you call them but anybody who grew up watching them knows what I'm talking about but again that's the thing when you when you look at the current the current state of enjoying media is a world away from what it was as it would do I mean it Things evolve, things get better, etc. Um, I don't see in film there really being anything apart from a continual evolution. Because if you look at it like this, right, the best Blu-rays are the restorations of the film because what they can do is replicate what you saw in a theatre at the same quality on any size screen. And right. all they're going to do is, over time, increase the resolution until they can make it a perfect match. Hmm. And I mean, I know Netflix offers 4K packages. Yeah. But, that's, but the thing is, I don't... I know what you're talking about. The thing is, I just think with increasing bandwidth and speed, uh, bandwidth limit, no, the increasing bandwidth uh, uh, limits and even the speeds, even that, I see Blu-ray going out the windows sooner or later. True. There is always the argument, though, from a collector's perspective. Collectors, yeah, I guess, right? I mean, there's probably going to be always that physical media thing there, but it's like I, I'm just kind of 
surprised how quickly CDs died. Like they were around for a while, but it just to me it always kind of blew my mind how they quickly they just fell off. Yeah, what would you say around like 2010? 2010, it's like something like that where it's kind of like I realized because I mean at that point they were on the way to becoming completely. Yeah, I think around that time it was like you can just sense that. These things are becoming very. These things are becoming rapidly obsolete, or just about obsolete. Because I'm trying to think back to 2010. It was like, was I? I don't remember messing around with any CD at that point. That was around Spotify. That was even around the time Spotify was really taken well, off. I mean, Spotify in 2010 was big in a bunch of different countries. Yeah, that's in、um, Canada. It hadn't yet made it here. It hadn't made it. <laughs> that kind of one. That one threw me off. I think that that thing was available in Bangladesh. Before it was available here, <laughs> but I mean, it was obviously the licensing issues, or I don't know. They they said it was licensing. Yeah, we figured. Makes me wonder. It makes me wonder. But nevertheless,、um, yeah, the CD was a great idea while it lasted. But then again, they also had the HD、um, video discs, the HD movie discs, which came out at the same time as Blu-ray. That wasn't. Yeah, no, that was. Yeah, that was when the rivalry or what the, the. Yeah, I think yeah. that was like two thousand five or six. That was the 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 the, the, age, the 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 next generation war, whatever. Right, it was. right. And Blu-ray went out. Blu-ray somehow went out. <laughs> I mean, they had Sony money. Sony, yeah. Sony was behind that, but yeah. I, at that point, it was like, but even look how quickly that died off. Like you had that whole revolution of the HD Blu-ray thing. I mean, you got that whole war, and then I mean, when was the last time you watched a Blu-ray disc? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, don't. I think I probably got one from the library a couple of years ago, or maybe. Well, I say a couple, probably more like five. It's been a while. Yeah, just, I probably, to be honest with me, I think I probably only watched a few when it was even around. Like it wasn't that much. But the future is just obviously streaming. Yeah, we'll see where it goes.、Um, I think it's important to offer the consumer every possible outlet, sorry, every possible form. So it's important to offer the consumer a DVD, a Blu-ray, and the streaming media, because you never know. People become antiquated in their habits. No. No, I get. I definitely get why any studio would do that because there's going to be always going to be those kind of people that actually have those things, right? I'm sure there's a studio out there that that still releases VHS tapes or something like that for, for some freaks out there. The last time you went to a Walmart or anything like that, they still have pretty significant sections worth of、uh, of Blu-rays, of DVDs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're heavily discounted to what they once were, but they still sell them. And they wouldn't still sell them if no one bought them. True. No, I guess somebody's buying them. But now they tend to be coupled with like five or six different、um, options within them. So you'll get the Blu-ray disc, you'll get the DVD disc, and you'll get a download all with the one purchase from from the from that. Yeah, that's what they tend to do. They've been doing that for a while. So if I go to Walmart, I buy. If you go to Walmart and you were to buy, for example, the Blu-ray, it's enough. 
bear in mind this is limited experience, but you'd buy the Blu-ray and inside the Blu-ray case, I think I, I won Anchorman at some giveaway or something. And inside it was the DVD, the Blu-ray, and a digital download coupon. So inside it, there's a DVD, no, there's a, there's a Blu-ray, a DVD, and a and digital, download digital download. Yeah. So you go online, you can download the film, legitimately, and, uh, and the other two ways you can, strip, you can watch it as you would any other DVD or Blu-ray. Do you think, do you think a movie theater ever is going to die? Um, no, I don't think the theatre will die. Do you think it'll, you think it'll ever be like diminished? Um, I think it has to go through a lot of evolving because nobody goes to the movie theatre these days and enjoys their experience with regards to the way they're gouged for concessions. What do you you mean? No, you said nobody goes to movies. No, I said the way they are gouged for concessions. Oh, that's right. Like, if you go there and you want to get a drink, yeah, like twenty dollar popcorn. Precisely. It's like. I want to get a Coke. Oh, that Coke is going to be six, seven dollars. Yeah. Don't worry. If you buy the large one for ten dollars, you can get free refills. <laughs> what? No. I remember when the movie ticket was like five dollars. No. Five, seven dollars. I remember that. No, I don't remember that. I mean, <laughs> you remember when was it for you? Well, I paid in pounds. So when I came over oh, here, yeah. <laughs> I think I think the minimum was around. 10 bucks for movie ticket. Well, I remember when the mid-90s, the average price of a movie ticket was like about five, seven dollars. So it was like, it was that. It wasn't that expensive. Right. And then you just come and see it now where it's like almost, like you you can't even, like if you, especially you're going to go see a blockbuster movie, sometimes you just can't even get like one of those plain general seats. You got to get like, what is it, the, the, the Ultra AVX or something like that. And that thing almost costs you like a 20 bucks. Yeah. So you got, not only you got the concession prices that you're talking about, but you're also talking about the, even the ticket prices. It's like, I don't know. It's like if that, I'm just seeing that thing going up to the point where is this going to be like, the price of like a, an admission to like a, to to Disneyland or something soon. Yeah, I mean, I mean at that point I would think it would be some sort of like VR versus thing that costs. So that's why the cost is so high. But again, it's a, a sustainability thing because you find with a lot of these locations as well, their rents go up and their excuses the bottom line. And, but then again, they don't pay their employees that well. So <laughs> you can tell by the looks on their faces. I've worked in a movie theater. I mean, people do not like working there because no. they don't get treated well. It's like, oh, yeah. you get to see free movies. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah, yeah. But I used to dream about that. Must have been. Like, I always think that was a highlight. Man, you get to see free movies. Yeah, no, that was good. Why do you even need a paycheck? Yeah, there's other considerations. I just, I'm just saying for this, I just hope the movie theater experience never dies because I think that's just the whole part of the whole thing. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Netflix and, and all the streaming stuff, but, and you know, the, just the communal aspect of like going to an opening weekend of like, you know, something like, I don't know, <laughs> go see Avengers or something like that. Martin Scorsese, if you're listening, I know, I know it's not your cup of tea, but some people like that stuff too. Scorsese's not listening. I, 
one can hope. But if he is, if he is over our uh, Francis Ford Coppola, if you're listening to, some people do enjoy the communal, those kinds of films, and then the communal aspect of it, and like you know the scale of it and everything like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really one of them. I find it to be, <laughs> it's not bad, but it's not, it's not the type of film I'd offer. Okay, but when was the last film that you saw in theaters? I'm ashamed to say. Sorry. It too. Don't worry, nobody's listening. <laughs> it too. Okay, it too. So what was wrong with I mean, why is that shameful? Because it was an awful, awful It wasn't joke. that bad. It wasn't that bad no, of a movie. It but really it was, was that bad of a movie. It wasn't horrible. No, it wasn't. It just, it just, it just, it just wasn't as great as the first one, some would say. No, it wasn't good. <laughs> I mean, it had its moments. It, had it was done well. It was done professionally, but it wasn't a good film. Story-wise, I was not ripped, I was not into it. Okay. I thought it was starting off decently, but then it just went fell off. Yeah. yeah. We didn't need to know everyone's story all the way through. Yeah, I would say this. I think that movie was about... They could have shaved off about 40 minutes of that. They could have shaved off 90. <laughs> Yeah. I think it was like three hours, right? I think it was close. To yeah, it was about like three hours. Yeah, you're right. That could have probably could have probably shaved off nearly, I would say, an hour of that. It was an hour too long. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. Um, I love the theater experience. It's amazing. But you do feel gouged when you go there by simple concessions, things like that. And it'd be different if the popcorn was some sort of weird gourmet stuff, whereby, you know, some artisanal brand where you thought, okay, yeah, I'm being ripped off, but I'm okay with it because they put an effort into it. How much does how much does a large popcorn cost? I think the small starts at about six bucks. Yeah, but the small is like. Small, small. Like the kid size. Smells like that. Oh, they don't even... The theaters here, they don't even have that. It's not even that. I mean, what is it? The, the smallest size is... Uh, what, a, which is, what is it? Maybe, yeah. Like, this is audio, so I gotta, like... You gotta give them, give them a measurement here. This is like what? The smallest size you have here is like about... How many inches is this? I don't know. Um, this is like 10 inches or something like that. So it's like the smallest size is like 10 inches. And that costs like about what, eight, eight bucks or something like that? It's just popcorn, isn't it? It's just popcorn. So let's say, for example, you buy a bag of kernels. You could easily get that weight of popcorn for about three cents. Then on top of that, if you want butter on that, that's a dollar. That butter, if you think about how much how much that costs, probably all in all, what you pay six, seven, eight, nine, ten dollars, it's probably going to be at most five to ten cents. So the actual percentage of profit on that is ridiculous. Yeah, I gotta get a bit in the popcorn. The movie popcorn business. Um, there's a theater on Broadway called the, uh, well, the Rio. Was, no, no. There was one called the Hollywood Theater, which was like Broadway and Blenheim. And uh, it used to be a second run theater, and they would charge 25 cents for popcorn. Okay. 
because it costs nothing to actually do it. Yeah, that's probably. Yeah. And no one begrudgingly goes, oh, you know, I'm not going to pay a quarter for popcorn. I'll pay a quarter for popcorn, no problem. But when you talk six, seven, eight, that's why people sneak food in. And the staff don't care. The only people that actually care in the movie theatre as to whether or not you sneak in food yeah. is the management. And above that, because the staff, they're not making enough. So as long as you don't go, hey, I'm sneaking food in, <laughs> yeah. they don't care. I snuck in food in when I watched The Joker last, uh, the other week. Felt great. I mean, it's snuck in water too. Sneaking booze. $5 bottle of water or something. I mean, as long as you don't end up um, creating a mess, as long as you consider it. I remember when I was working in a movie theatre, best part of the day was when you had to clean up the theatre because then you didn't have to deal with people complaining about the price of popcorn. <laughs> so that was the best That was the best part for you? Yeah, you, Not there, you, hang, with out, you hang out with your friends. That's that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, for me, I like, guess going back to the going back to the topic at hand. I just for me, I hope the movie theater never dies. I don't really see them dying at this point, but I do seem like they're in a kind of like a crisis. Why? Because it can go either way. Well, it's like I said, it's because I think it's a couple of three reasons why. Um, I think the the biggest reasons are you have yeah you have this whole streaming thing now. Like a lot of movies are just and a lot of great movies are just being developed on streaming platforms. Right, but then again, that the films that are developed for streaming platforms were intended for. True, and, but I'm just saying. What I'm saying is that you have a lot of quality stuff that just bleeds away to there, instead of going to the theaters, instead of going to a theater uh, run or something. Like that. Yeah, but that's the business structure. Yeah, that's that's the business structure. Like for example, you go to some restaurants, you can get certain desserts, and you can't get in Safeway. Right. But in Safeway, you can get a lot of stuff. So Netflix could be a thing for a Safeway or something like that. You get what you want when you want. You know, you've got to go to your high-end restaurants, your black and blues for that particular steak, etc. Yeah, but the thing is, McDonald's probably makes a lot more than um, um, your 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 fancy fancy French restaurant. Right, right precisely. But, but then again, that also um, looks away from the, probably more people go to McDonald's than your fancy schmancy. But it looks away at the variety that there is with regards to film releases. Like for example, there's amazing films which never go anywhere. Yeah. Which you would put closer to a fancy restaurant because it's only a certain amount of people that are going to enjoy them. Right. They're worth being in McDonald's type. Everyone can get it. But it's more so going to be catered towards that. So it covers the gamut. And the thing is, with there being so many creatives and so much content, it's impossible for you to just limit that to the ideological theatre situation. Because the reason why they pump out so many Marvel films um, is because people go. People go to them. Right. Yeah. And it's a business. Definitely. The reason why... Or Star Wars. Yeah. The reason why your Scorsese's and your Coppola's um, talk down about this, they probably, they may have seen one or two, who knows? I get, but I, I get where they're coming from. I do get where they're coming from, and like, like I don't even knock, I don't even knock their comments because I, I kind of agree with. I like I said, I kind, I agree. I just know where they're coming from, so I don't really. 
I don't take any point of offense to what they, they say. Plus, they didn't grow up with the stuff, and they probably weren't into comic books and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, not all of these things are been great. A lot of it, a lot of them have just been like <laughs> pretty much noise. But I mean, I don't know that it. I don't know if we should be recording this in the coffee shop again. But anyway. Um, well, like, I remember struggling to wake, struggling to keep uh, keep awake during um, what was it? Uh, Batman versus Superman. I never saw that. Oh my god! It was just like I used to remember. I was, I think I was a quarter way into it, and I was just like, I don't know. It was just like I was just. I was like, where is this? What is this going on here? And I'm looking at the guy next to me and he's sleep. he's like fast asleep. Like I really see that. But it was just it was it was, some, it was a spectacle. And I'm like halfway through it, I'm like, this is not working. Yeah. But I mean at the end of the day, with those that helps funnel and fuel the theatre um, business model. True. Yeah. Definitely. And regardless of whether Scorsese or Coppola grew up on it, if it's a good enough story, well enough told, um, you don't need to have the nostalgic connection to appreciate it. I just think there's a special there's a special thing when it comes to movie theaters that you just cannot capture with streaming streaming services there's just some sort of there's just some sort of I don't know play, not primal but just some sort of um, there's just there's just a special thing when you're at a movie theater compared to just sitting at the couch or on your bed watching something yeah, on the TV so, for me, I just hope that experience never dies out or gets diminished. I mean, I, it already has. With every iteration of the theater, it's changed. If you think about what you saw when you were a kid, yeah. you weren't sitting in comfy seats. You didn't have a significant incline. You probably could barely, depending on your height, see over the person's big head in front of you who had someone even taller sitting in front of them. So what I'm saying is, it has to have evolved, thereby it kind of does diminish as the time goes on. But that does like... <laughs> But that, I mean, for me, that wouldn't be an evolution then if it, if it kind of devolves from there. Like. But it, it kind yeah. of is an evolution because the idea is, is when you go to a theater, as you were describing it as a communal gathering, right? So we're all there with big a bunch screen. of people. Yeah, big screen. Big sound. Gathering. That sometimes could be annoying though. When they put the volume up too loud, <laughs> yeah. come on. I don't need to hear the gunshot that loud. Um, or in horror movie terms, when you have that one shrieking uh, note being played and then it just busts your eardrum. But what I'm saying is, you've had movie theatres and you will continue to have situations where the seats improve, the um, incline improves, just to be able to have it. But if you do have someone that's two foot tall versus someone that's seven foot tall, they can both sit in their seat both have the experience of being surrounded by people uh, and they'll have enough of a gap and enough of a margin for you and they to be able to see the screen no matter where you are. Now of course you'll have the issue, you know, you didn't get there early enough so now you've got to sit at the back or you've got to sit at the very front or that's on you. But I, just, I never get those people. No, neither do I. It was like 20 minutes, just 20 minutes into it. And my favorite part, 
<laughs> my favorite part is watching those people come in and watching them act surprised like they can't find a seat. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I was just like, what kind of warped time dimension do you live in? Yeah, no, no. Where you're gonna... <laughs> what do you mean there's not there's nowhere in the middle? You're coming into the theater like on opening day, 30 minutes into the movie, and acting surprised like you, that you can't find a seat. <laughs> That's a movie in, within a movie in itself. So what's your most memorable theater experience? <laughs> what's my most memorable movie experience? Probably almost seeing a fight break out in one. Thinking. Yeah. I think that's probably one of my that I guess. What film was that? I... Was this was in Toronto. What was that? No, it wasn't Fight Club. <laughs> I think it was a. No, oh, I remember it was. It was. Um, no, I can't. I can't remember. I think it might have been a kids movie. I can't. But I was just watching with my friend, and then some guy was with his. Uh, some guy was with his. Uh, I think it was his brother, and I think his brother was like maybe talking a little bit. I, it didn't. It wasn't enough for me to even notice it that much. But the guy in front of them kind of was irritated, and then he like turned around and kind of just like ferociously went at the little kid. And it was like this is like a, this was like a eight year old kid, right? And this guy just turned around and just pumped all but kind of venom in him, right? And then his brother was not happy. <laughs> and his brother just lost it. Like, his Jamaican accent came out and it... <laughs> like, it was like, this guy was just, his brother just viciously went after the guy. Just like, and, it just, and it was getting so heated and so heated where I'm just like, with my friend, and I'm like, a brawl is about to break out here. Do you remember the film? I can't remember the film. I can't, I just cannot for the life of me remember the, what film it was. But, <laughs> but I just remember, I was just watching this whole thing go down and it was just like, it was just, it was the most tense, most tense experience I had watching the film. Yeah. And it had nothing to do with the film. Yeah, I can't actually think of the top which, um, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. I mean, I've, I'm the type of person that will yell for people to shush. Can you do that guy? I, I have done you that. You shush people? Well, look, come on. <laughs> come on. I don't always, but there's nothing that irritates me more than people talking during films. Yeah, what is that? I, I don't know why people need to. No, I get sometimes... No, I guess... I get this. I get sometimes maybe you want to just throw a quick thing at your friend or oh, your girlfriend or quietly, I quickly. I, I get that, but uh, uh, it still boggles my mind. Like, you just sit, sit there, you're sitting there with side by side or in front of somebody, and they're full on, it's like the, it's like DVD commentary. I cannot stand it. <laughs> I, will, I will do that freely on a film I've already seen or I hate. A well, film I have not seen before, if I'm enjoying it, yeah. I need everyone to yeah, be in your up. own world. Be in your own world. Well, shut the fuck Completely. Because the thing is, you won't... It's, it's, it's all about immersion. It's all about literally leaving your head, being involved in the art. Yeah. And if it's done well, if you start talking to me, I'm immediately you smash that glass. And I can no longer focus on what I'm focused upon. What I'm focused upon is what I'm watching. Yeah. I, I, Honestly, 
when that happens, it's always a, it, it never ceases to fascinate me when I see something like that. I mean, I saw something like that happen the other day too. For it was quite, it was kind of, and it wasn't even a movie. It was just like literally, there's some old man in the in, in this. It was a opening ceremony, and then a closed little hall, and this old guy just pretty much he just bust out of his phone. Somebody called him. He took the call in the middle of somebody speaking in a speech and having a full-on conversation like and it was and then it's just watching his wife trying her best to get him to get off the phone in her futile you <laughs> just you just watching her just watching her and her futility and her horror right he was just there for minutes on end on this comment it was like a plumber plumbing thing or something too it was like I was just watching this guy with like fascination. <laughs> but anyways, just but when I see that in the movie theater, it it never ceases to amaze me. It's like, what is this? Yeah, I mean, see, and that's that's one of the things I don't like about movie theater. Like, I don't like people talking. I don't like people. If you watch a horror film, don't go in there. Shut up. <laughs> I hate that. And if. If for whatever reason you're a person listening that um, does that sort of stuff, I don't <laughs> like that aspect about you. That's probably, like a movie theater, things, that's probably a movie theater in Harlem. <laughs> but I've never really experienced that much. Yeah, that. I've, I've seen stuff like that. People just like, don't go in that room! Yeah, just sort of like, is there no one else around you? Can you not notice that you're sitting amongst potentially 300 other people? And we, we need to hear not I don't I don't here's the thing for me, I don't mind that stuff it's if it's peppered in. What do you mean? Like if it's just here and there. Oh yeah. Every now and again a gasp or oh my god or whatever. Or or just like some sort of quick quip, I don't mind that. It irritates me. <laughs> Like I said, if it's peppered in and it's spontaneous and it's not obnoxious, I don't mind it. Sometimes I feel like even a, like for a comedy, I think it even adds to it. Like if it's not totally obnoxious and indulge, self-indulgent, I, I think it's fine. It irritates me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, any any conversation about a film. My view is this: when the film begins, pay attention. Definitely, I have a, I pay attention. Don't ask me what's going on. I haven't seen the film. Sit there, learn it. Once you, when the film's over, we can talk about it for four hours. I'll tell you whatever you missed. I'll ask you whatever I've missed. But while we're watching it, let's just watch it. Let's not have a conversation. Let's <laughs> act like we're there alone. Right. I get that. I I'm not a fan of the conversations. Even in a terrible movie, it's still annoying. Well, in a terrible movie, I'll leave though, or I'll stop watching it. I've only walked out on one movie before. I don't know if I've really walked out of many. I mean, I've seen lots of bad ones, but they tended to be on DVD or VHS or whatnot, or on the television. Would you walk out? It was like one of those Resident Evil movies. Uh, yeah. It was like, I'd never even seen any of them before. I don't even know why I went to want to see this one. And. I just remember, like, it, it was like a, I was like maybe half, not even maybe halfway through it. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna exercise my right to, for the first time in my life, to, to walk. <laughs> There's nothing here for me. I mean, you know that technically in theaters you can walk out within the first 10 minutes to get full refund. I didn't know that. I think I was past it. I don't, I don't even think I was even, to be honest with you, yeah, I don't even think I was that much far into it. 
Because I remember it didn't, like I was gone pretty quickly because I knew where this was going for me. Um, a very good friend of mine and uh, my girlfriend used to watch a lot of those films. We'd be at his place and I'd just fall asleep at those Resident Evil films. <laughs> they didn't do anything for me. I, they never. Visually, they were good. Like, in terms of the aesthetic, it works as the aesthetic, but in terms of the story and in terms of actually being brought in and caring, I didn't care. No, I didn't. And they have a bad reputation. Those movies? Yeah. Yeah, but how many How many of them were there? Like, about seven. They've done tons. Jesus Christ. But Somebody was watching. But, but the, I mean, reputation as in bad things that happened on set. Oh, oh really? People, I believe... Uh, couple of people have died. I know one stunt woman had like half of a... Uh, she got involved in some really bad stunt issue and ended up losing a limb and a bunch of other things. And yeah, they have a bad rep. Hey, that's strange. I didn't know about that. That's strange. But then again, <laughs> for disclaimer purposes, um, I'm only talking about what I read on the internet, <laughs> so I could be very wrong. I would like to add that I was saying allegedly and reputation not did happen. I believe. I've, I never. I mean, I never really. It, it kind of. It's. It is kind of ironic on a horror movie like that that has that has a streak of people getting injured and amputations and yeah. limbs being cut off and it's, stuff like that. Uh, interesting, so to speak. Yeah, I just. It was one of those things where I usually I just have a policy of slugging through a bad movie. No, I Because I paid for this, I gotta go. I just feel like I gotta go down with the ship. But I, I really pay attention to reviews before going to see a film. Yeah. I, I, I really. Think this do. is where I think this is where we're diabolically, di- diametrically opposed here. I, especially these days, I try to avoid the reviews. I try to avoid. Like, I, I won't tend to read a review in depth until I've seen the film. But in terms of aggregators in schools, yeah. if it's a very low school, I'm not going to go and see it in theatres and go, oh yeah, those people were right. This is awful. <laughs> I've just wasted two hours of my time. But have you never seen it happen where a film gets a really low score, but you like it? Rarely. Hmm. Rarely. I have seen that, but not often. Right. Well, I mean, tell me an example of one that you have. I'm trying to think here about Because I know that's happened to me before, to the point where I had to take note. I'm just trying to re- remember. I'm trying to remember, too. And you're right. I think a lot of the times it is... <sighs> I mean, I'm bear in mind, I'm, I'm talking from... Uh, the perspective of aggregated numbers. Yeah, yeah. Not one guy said it was crap, therefore it's crap. Yeah. But I'm talking about the average. If a thousand people said this is a shit film, it may appeal to me, but I'm pretty likely to think, okay, these thousand people might have had something right. Maybe I'm thinking of not in terms of like, you know, a movie review, but maybe just seeing having certain films that I know didn't get great scores or just never I'll have to get back to you on that. <laughs> it, it's just the problem is even when the movie is good. Oh no, no here's okay. No, here's the, here's my opposite thing. I've, there's been a lot of instances where I've seen movies that have really high scores, and I go into it, and I'm like, I am not feeling this at all. Like maybe I don't hate it, but 
I'm just not. Yeah, no, this is not as great as. That's um, true. And I mean, the hype machine plays a big role in a lot of things. Um, because you do have situations where something is heralded as being so great and then you listen, sorry, you watch it and you realise, okay, well, I get there's merit here but again, if I talk too much and I praise something too much you ultimately, when you get to it, are going to be disappointed because you've already inflated what you're expecting it's better when you go in without much and then you get it returned I just find that I just find that when I do go in there with the review, even if I like, even if I'm going to be into the movie, it's just the fact that I feel like in my mind what's playing out is that re- that reviewer's review in my head and influencing how much right. I'm perceiving this film. I don't find that. I find that a lot. But I, I do find that it will push me over the edge in terms of whether I'm going to go see it in the theaters or not. Definitely, yeah. I get what you mean. Like definitely the buzz. If I'm like, especially if I'm really into something, and then I know the buzz is even is just as great. It's kind of like, yeah, I gotta go see it. Because I mean, like, you can. It's very hard to make a bad two-minute trailer of a blockbuster or of something with a significant budget. Yeah. It's very hard to make a bad trailer. But, 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 um. Two minutes isn't ninety. Isn't one hundred and twenty. Isn't two hundred minutes. But it, it still gives you enough to tell. I think. No way. I think it does. No way. I can. I'm pretty. No way. Good. It's 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 a teaser. It's a sales pitch, right? And in my sales pitch, I'm not going to go here. Buy this table. Oh yeah, one of the legs is broken. I'm going to go here. Buy this table. It's an amazing table. You'll love this table. This table is so great. It's a table you can put stuff on the table, and I'll prop up that extra leg, and I will get you to buy the table. Now that you bought the table, you find out the leg's broken. But you got sold the table. You paid for that table. And that's what the trailer is. The trailer is two minutes worth yeah. of sales pitch. Exactly. And I and I can think you can tell a lot for how good, how a lot of the film is going to entice you, or even if it's going to be any good from the trailer. I don't agree with that. Trust me. I, I think it is because you... They obviously pick the best parts, right? Right. Or the most interesting parts. But... I think you, it just it does give you a sense of a feeling of like okay there's something here you because even that they choose the best parts from a really shitty film I think there's I always can sense it's like yeah I don't know no I, I can't they that. were just probably the best parts of a really shitty film okay here's the thing and it's about nuance like I, I know I saw the reviews for Gemini Man knowing and even I saw the trailer and I know that looks like it's probably going to be mediocre I love Will Smith, I love Hank <laughs> but I can tell by even watching the trailer and even looking at the, just glancing at the reviews that this is probably not going to be the greatest. But I wanted to see it because it just had some interesting things that I wanted to see how it played out. Mm. And I mean, I watched it anyways, and I, get, and I get why yeah, it didn't do well at the box office, right? But at the same time, as a filmmaker, right? And also Trumbull trying to be creative. There's always something you can just grab from these films. Or it's like, oh, that's a cool idea. I mean, you can just take that and put it and apply it somewhere else or something. Or like, at least I enjoyed this aspect of the film. Right. But I, firstly, I wouldn't say you can hear part of that from the trailer. Because from the trailer, all they're going to do, I, the trailer is a separate entity to the film all of itself. It is just the sale. It is. I want you to come pay for a ticket, buy a download, or whatever it happens to be. And I don't think you can impart something from 
a well-taught pitch. If Burger King or McDonald's come out with an ad for a burger that looks great, I know when I go there, it's not going to look as fluffed up because it's not going to end up having the amount of time and care. Yeah, but how many times do you get fooled into that though? Pardon? How many times do you get like kind of fooled? You kind of like have that in the back of your mind. Lots. That, that photoshopped burger. But you do. You get fooled all the time. And that is the argument with regards to the trailer. The trailer is the hook to bring you in. I have so many times seen amazing trailers and awful films. Yeah. Because you can reconstruct a story in that. I've seen amazing trailers that have nothing to do with the film that they ended up being the sales pitch for. Yeah. But if you go and you end up paying for it, it doesn't matter. Now, with regards to your argument of what you took from Gemini Man as a filmmaker, that's perfectly legitimate. Well, but majority of people that watch films do it for escapism. They're not doing it to yeah. learn. They're not doing it True, to yeah. get inspired. It's an escape, and, and I'm sure somebody's <laughs> there's somebody out there who thinks Gemini Man was an Oscar award-winning, and award again, winning, to each their own, <laughs> to to each their own. own, right? Somebody out there loved it. Yeah, greatest movie ever made. That's what some people may think. <laughs> I mean, it's Sasha really likes Queen of the Damned. I don't like Queen of the Damned at all. Yeah, it's... Uh, I remember that movie. I think Aaliyah... Yeah, Aaliyah or something like that. That was like the 90s or something? That was her last movie, wasn't it? I don't know. I think so. I think like her brother acted in it after she passed away or something. Yeah, that was like the last thing she was in. Yeah, it wasn't good. I never watched... I don't think I watched it. It wasn't good. <laughs> to but any Aaliyah again, fans out there. I do not. I do not condone nor endorse my my friends here's comments. No. <laughs> to any Aaliyah fans out there, the film was shit. But stay away. But I'm an Aaliyah fan. I did buy her um, singles and the rest of it without knowing the full extent of the exploitation put forth by R. Kelly and all that stuff. Oh jeez. I thought she was an amazing singer. I really did like Aaliyah. That in no way means that the film wasn't a bad film. Alleged. Alleged. Yeah, alleged. Alleged treatment from R. Kelly. Alleged. Yeah. Alleged. Yeah, yeah. Allegedly. It's pending litigation. <laughs> pending current litigation, we have to uh, throw that in there. But. Allegedly. But, nevertheless, um, <laughs> I do believe that a trailer is completely separate from a film. And I don't believe. Ah, man. I think the trailer is the art of a film. What do you mean? I think a trailer is like it's like another art form in itself that kind of that will tell you a lot about a film. Definitely, what I have grown to loathe, and according to a lot of statistics, apparently it works. But I do loathe when you get the ending in the trailer. And that that more often than not has become something which um, when does that they include? I mean, I don't mean the ending as in the last five minutes, but crucial turns or plot twists. Right? Oh. So, for example, I go, here's the premise, yeah. and you know how she was kidnapped? All, all of a sudden, they're now running because she's been freed. I don't need that. I need oh, yeah, the point yeah. that she gets kidnapped, and we stop it after that, so that we can then be wowed, or I didn't expect that predictable plot point to happen, but at last part. I, I would probably put that into bad decision-making when it comes to it. But it works. Really? Statistically, it's been proven that those trailers are more effective in terms of selling tickets, which to me seems very strange because I don't agree with that. But to, but from the perspective of just simple analytics, numbers of people 
going to buy tickets because they know it's gonna there's gonna be a twist. How does that work? I don't I don't know if they've been able to put forth the actual rhyme or reason as to why it is functional. But there is a rhyme and reason. Sorry, there is a correlation. Um, yeah, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see which trailers and what 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 the data is. Yeah, because to me it just seems kind of it just doesn't it just seems very very counterintuitive. I mean, to me, when I start to see that, if I'm watching it on a device I can control, like a TV or a phone or whatever, I'll stop it right at that point. Because a lot of films are, a lot of the like a lot of films, classic or like really popular films, were popular because they had a certain twist in them. And I mean, if you saw it coming, I don't think the movie would have made half the money it made, or was as half as good as it, because you knew it was some sort of twist was coming. But it seems standard now. I don't know. Like, if you spend the time watching any trailer these days, you'll see the premise is set up, and then a big plot twist is unveiled there, which you know where it's going to go. I, I guess that's a bit. I guess I'll have to just pay attention to that. It's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> You've, Did you see you've the, seen the film in two minutes. Yeah, there's there, there definitely there are those trailers where it's like Jesus Christ, I just saw the whole film. Yeah, yeah, and those ones are god awful because it was like, what was that? It's like, okay, no, there's no point of me seeing this movie. I know exactly what it's gonna happen. Right. Did you see the new Star Trek Star Wars trailer? No. I'm not a fan. I, okay, I'll be. I'm gonna put it out there. I don't hate the movies. I'm not a fanatic about the movies. I'll just say that much. But um, even for me, it was just like it's a, it's an enti- it was an enticing trailer that makes me want to go see it. Cool. Because it looks really fucking epic. Right. And like I said, this is not coming from a Star Wars person <laughs> at all. Yeah. No. I mean, look, I'm I'm not I'm not into Star Wars, but. Um, Whenever I have seen them, I appreciate them. Yeah. It seems out of my realm of creativity. Um, Outside of your realm of creativity. Yeah, because the reason why I appreciate them is because just oh. these fantastic worlds that uh, oh, yeah, Lucas have created and then has grown from there. It's just something that I have, I have trouble thinking in those creative terms, but I appreciate the way it's done. Yeah. I don't see myself being able to make anything with that sort of storyline. Yeah. But I appreciate that they did it and they did it really well. I, I, get, your, I get your point. I, I know the Star Wars has always just kind of been like a thing where I felt like culturally I gotta go watch. I don't know. I, I, that's just where I would put it for me. But like I said, watching the trailer. I mean, it's like, this is a fucking trailer. Like, you gotta go check it out. Mm. This is like, like I said, if you're not a Star Wars fan, even that gets you. I think that would get you even pulled into it. Um, I wonder what they're gonna do for the next, <laughs> how they're gonna, what they're gonna milk from it from after that, or what are they gonna do after this is all I know, set. I think uh, Disney have already broken even, at minimum, if not profited from the purchase. No, they must have profited no, by not. now. God. If they haven't, that would be weird. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm absolutely wrong. I'm pretty sure they've got it. <laughs> yeah, no, they've got. They knew what they were doing. Even I'm like I said, I'm, I'm not the. I wouldn't say I'm the big. The big, when it comes to the business here, I'm, I'm not saying I would be an expert. I'm like when they bought it, I'm like I know they're gonna. Especially when they bought Marvel, I was like, they're gonna make their money back in a film or two or something. Or. They're gonna make the money back ten times over. 
they know what they're doing. They, anybody can see that. Buy Disney stock right now. <laughs> it's gonna be a great couple of quarters coming from coming up. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, um, hopefully this was slightly entertaining, and if not, it's not our problem. Don't worry, they'll get better. We'll have a trailer next. <laughs> there you go. All right. We'll have a nice epic audio trailer. All right. I don't know how to sign up. So that's how I'm signing off. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. I don't know. We still haven't had to come up with a name for this. So we come up with a name or an outro for this stuff, but we're still working on it. Anyways, I don't. I don't think it matters. Hope you guys. I hope whoever's watching or listening. Hope you enjoyed this conversation. Come on. Hope you enjoyed this film banter. And until next time. Too low. That would do. All right, guys. Peace.